I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. First and foremost to the Jimenez family, I want them to know how truly devastated I am for my involvement in the loss of their loved one, Jorge Jimenez. The grief and pain his family is feeling at this time is simply put unimaginable. Julie, my family, and I are heartbroken. I love this community, and to see so many of my fellow community members rally around the Jimenez family is a reminder of how special Central New York is. I thought we had a great defensive first half. Uh, I thought that we, we made some shots. Our biggest struggle this year has been making shots when we've lost the the games we've won this year at home and on the road. We've shot in the 40s, mid-40s from the three-point line and around 45 to 50 from the three. Tonight, uh, you know, we didn't shoot well. But it, our offense really is, is the difference. They're going to score points. They're a tremendous offensive team. If you can hold them in the 70s, it's a, a pretty good pretty good effort. But offensively, um, you know, we just we didn't get the movement we need to, and we didn't make shots when we got them. Uh, but again, um, you know, coming back, we, we played a great game against Louisville, and we did a lot of good things tonight. Uh, we can build on this. Marek's playing great. You know, he's got, you know, obviously he's got a little disadvantage on the defensive end, but offensively he has an advantage against centers, and he was really good in the first half tonight. Really, he got us some separation there. At the end of the day, we've got to score. we got to get a little better movement and get... And we got to make more shots to win. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please subscribe. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. So the Orange failed to make shots and free throws down the stretch. Uh, there was an opportunity to overcome the worst officiating I think I've seen all year. But Duke turned it up in the last five minutes, and Syracuse loses by 10, 75 to 65. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you. And Syracuse heads to North Carolina to take on the Tar Heels Tuesday, Friday, 20, uh, February 26th um, at 9 o'clock. So... That should be fun, 9 o'clock game. Real quick, yay. yay, real quick, if you're trying to buy tickets to something, anything, 
I've got 5% off for you. Go to TixBlitz.com. TixBlitz is the official ticket provider for the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in all the extra fees and unexplained service charges at TixBlitz, the price you see is the price you pay. Don't let unnecessary fees prevent you from seeing the sporting event or concert that you wish to choose to go to. Uh, go to TixBlitz.com and enter the promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com, promo code ARMCHAIR. TixBlitz, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. So, speaking of emotions, an emotional week for Syracuse. Probably the toughest, not probably, absolutely the toughest press conference coaches ever had to um, give. And, um, you know, the moment of silence, everything, I mean, it was great that they did all that. I wouldn't expect any less. I, um, I'm glad Coach went out and coached and did what he did. I feel like that's probably was the best for, I, I think, the best for the team, the best for him and the community to, uh, right. to all. Don't you think, Joe? Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it was, uh, it was the right thing, yeah. Um, but – all right, we're, we're going to get into the game, but first, I'm going to drop an extra episode this week sometime. I was just playing around, and I've got um, something I was going to do here and there. I was playing it for the off season, but I wanted to try one to see how to see how it would go and how I was going to have to do it. It's just like the history. It's Syracuse history stuff, so whether it be a player or, th- for instance, this one's about mascots. So uh, the history of Syracuse mascots has dropped sometime this week. So be on the lookout for that. So I'd love to know what everybody thinks of it too. I mean, because uh, it took me forever to put together. So if it ain't worth it, I ain't doing it. Um, <laughs> uh, what else, Joe? Was that it? That's it, I think. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joe's got quadrants set up for you, the latest on the net rankings and how that falls into the quadrant system. But first, uh, the Orange dropped to 18-9 and nine overall and 9-5 and five in conference play after a lackluster second half. An early 9-1 run by Duke in the second half would turn a four-point four deficit into a four-point lead with an opportunity to take advantage of Duke with Zion out. Of course, there would be a hot hand to make up for his absence, and that was Alex O'Connell. He would hit five threes when it counted and finished with 20 points. It was the tail of two halves, like I mentioned. Orange shot 37.8 in the first and 30.3 in the second, and one for 11 from three in the second half. Just uh, abysmal. So, uh, Mark... Uh, he was he was as good as ever, in my opinion, doing Mark things all over the place. Ten points, one block, three steals, and five rebounds. I mean, he even shoved one down the throat there, so that was a beautiful thing. Uh, he did everything he could, in my opinion, to keep his team in this game and maybe hosed by a couple bad calls, but he eventually fouled out. Frank Howard started strong, and he finished with ten points and six rebounds, but he fizzled out. Tyus... He had a hard time, despite leading the team in scoring. He went 4-for-17 from the floor and never really got into his rhythm. In fact, in the last three games, Tyus is 11-for-40, 27.5% from the field. If Syracuse is going to win big games coming down the stretch, going into March, uh, he's going to have to have better numbers than that, I think, plain and simple. And I think he will, but it's been three games in a row. It's been pretty... um, Pretty rough. So Hughes followed him up with 12.7 rebounds. He only hit one for five from distance. Brissett, three for 13. 0 for three from behind the arc. Six rebounds, though, and um, he he only finished with seven points. That's not going to get it done. So 
hitting one for four from the line, that didn't help either. So Syracuse, they had the opportunities late, and they failed to take advantage. And like Joe and I talked after the game last night, the box score tells the story, shooting 34.3% from the field, 21.7 from three. They reverted again at the line, 63.2%, and Syracuse was out-rebounded 44-40. They lost in pretty much every category other than turnovers, which they did hold off Duke. They with seven turnovers or 13. And Duke normally, I think they average about 16 turnovers a game. So, I mean, if you're going to take anything good out of that, that's um, that's what I would point to. But yeah. um, So, Joe, Zion out. Barrett took control of the middle. And Syracuse, without a strong center, uh, obviously very vulnerable pretty easily uh, against uh, a team with this with this caliber of players at it. Yeah, well, R.J. Barrett, he, he took over, obviously. Uh, it's been interesting to see the two different Duke teams that we've played and uh, neither of them have been them fully healthy. So I, I think that um, they, they were a better defensive team last night with the, with the team that they had. I thought Cam Reddish. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Played really good defense, and uh, Trey Jones, those guys were really, really tough on Atias and Frank and the guards that were bringing the ball up. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, we we had some – there were some calls that obviously they, could have helped us be in a better position. Uh, I mean, Duke had, what, two – we got down to the 20 seconds left in the first half, and Duke only had two fouls called on him for the first half. One was they're intentional. There, one was uh, – Well, they're sitting – yeah, they're sitting there, you know, uh, following on purpose to like run the clock out so that we don't get a good shot at the end of the the half, and, like, and, because right because and, they had fouls to give. Right, and one of those was against Frank, and he was in shooting motion. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you had that. Uh, There's a couple different things. I don't really know. The out of bounds. It, there was two extra possessions Duke got on out of bounds plays that were off their players. Yeah, I mean, I thought that Merrick, I thought that one time it was a charge. I thought Cam Reddish had lowered his shoulder. Uh, who took the charge when, who took the charge for Duke when their foot was on the circle? I can't remember, but they were supposedly took a charge, but he was inside the restricted area. 
so oh i don't i don't know you don't remember that one okay well no, there's so I don't many remember that but and then you know there's the what the i don't know the, the exact rule i guess but i thought that any type of basketball play where you get hit in the head uh could be reviewable i mean i've seen times in college basketball where a guy gets hit in the face and no foul or nothing was called but yet they still go to the monitor so i don't really know what that was all about but i, I mean he came in and kind of flew in and hit Brissett definitely like right underneath the ear on the jaw with his with his elbow i don't know what yeah. that was all about or why that didn't get looked at well um i, I have a I think I have a theory on that. And like, like the same with you, I don't really know the rule, but I think, so if there's nothing called and they go to the monitor, if they don't think it's flagrant, they don't call anything. If there's, if there is something called, um, obviously, which should have been, they would go to the monitor and see if it's flagrant as well. But if there's nothing called, I don't think they can call it just a regular personal foul. Do you see what I'm no, saying? I, just, I guess uh, that's like one of those things where I'm confused on because, uh, I have seen in the past times where nothing was called and someone got hit in the face and they went back and looked at it. So I think it's just one of those things, instances where, I mean, I know that there was something like that with a couple of years back with our, um, in football and college football with, uh, something with Syracuse and the helmet of the quarterback came out and Dungy had to sit out one play, but then another game it was happened to us and that person didn't have to sit out. And like some rules, I guess, I think don't get handled right by some of the uh, officiating crews. And I just don't know if that was an instance of that or if I've just seen instances in other games where they uh, look at it when they probably shouldn't. So, again, maybe that's yeah. something I'll look up. I'm kind of interested now. It's piqued my interest to want to figure out what that rule is. But it's hard for me. From what I understood or what I thought was if you get hit in the face, that can be looked at. I think it. And, I, I, I believe you're right. And I just don't think it was flagrant, so they didn't call anything. I don't think you can go back. I don't, but I don't think there's, but they have, they, they have calls that are not flagrant, but just because of the fact that you hit him in the, in the, in the face, you know, I mean, look at the Thunderbird there with against, uh, but there was a foul call first. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I don't know if that's what needs to happen, but like I said, I just, I've seen instances where fouls haven't been called and they've still went and looked. Right. So, okay. Well, I think I understand either that. Either way, one, but you're right. Either way, there's a bunch of things that could have happened, you know, that could have helped. But like you said, officiating aside, I mean, they called know, a with, charge with when, six. Who who was it that lowered their shoulder? Cam Radish when he just just like straight barreled. So he just lowered his shoulder and bowled into someone. They call a charge. Or they call it. They call yeah. the call the block. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it was Dolce. Yeah. So you know, you know garbage. And then there's calls a couple cars night. here, calls here and there. I mean, Alex Alex O'Connell with a four point play. I didn't see the foul. Nope. You know, Buddy Buddy Bayheim looked like he got he fouled got on three one time. So again, there's just little things here and there. But again, like we talked Brissette's about, shooting arm got hit going for a layup. Yep. Yep. Uh, no. No. But call. With six with six forty three to go in the second half, we 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 got it within two. You know, Elijah Hughes made a pair of free throws, got it within two. And we were still right there to still be able to, you know. But and that's that's kind of where we have to. That's kind of where we have to. You know, that's on Syracuse at that point. From that point, well, and that the was the, the thing is is at some point ties, but he he might not have to do everything like he did as far as down in Cameron when we played earlier, and all the shots he made and scoring right. thirty plus points. But uh, even in games like this, there's got to be a time where he steps up and, and goes on a little run and helps the team out. So I thought that the team played good enough 
up until that point to keep it close. And I thought the last, you know, five, six minutes, that should have been, you know, Tyus. You know, I thought Brissett was playing good, and who knows if getting hit in the head kind of, you know, because it took him out for a little while, and who knows if how much it messed with him. But um, Tyus has got to step up in that. And just the last, I think we scored nine points in the last seven minutes, 643, whenever Elijah Hughes, I mean, hit that. We were at 56 points. We only end up with 65. So, yeah. and I mean, what was that? A couple, Tyus Battle hit a couple late free throws and a three. I mean, I think he had five points in the last minute. So, I mean, you're talking about four points. We went through a stretch there where we just didn't, didn't hit a shot and couldn't score. And again, I mean, I just look at it as enough of the team had, had up to that point scored enough and helped out enough to put, a, put us in position to win. A couple, um, a couple sloppy offensive possessions. Um, around those, yeah. around that time, led to yeah. a couple stolen balls. Yeah, and Duke played really good too. I mean, O'Connell was on fire, and R.J. Barrett was throwing up. He was making everything he threw up. Well, we said I that mean, Syracuse was going to have to shoot well to win this game. The bo- that's it. And, yeah, and they didn't down the stretch. Unfortunately, I would love to blame this on the refs. I was furious at the refs. I was freaking livid last night. But at the end of the game, Joe, like you said, they're within two with six something left. You got to close that game out at home like that. You've just got to make your shots. You can't let you can't let the refs in this situation be uh, be you know the deciding factor. It's not like the one. Right. It's not like at Cameron Indoor when C.J. Fair you know went for the layup and against Rodney Hood and he was called for a charge. That that right. was bull. That was and I think we all know that. But so anyway, all right. You want to hear from the fans? Sure. All right. All right. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. The best damn college sports fans in the nation. All right, y'all know what to do. Go to Facebook. Go to Twitter. At Cuse Militia is the universal handle for those. Go there and give us a like or whatever they do. And um, you can leave your comment after the game. I always ask for everybody's thoughts on the game. So, um, yeah, thoughts on the game. Here we go. Yeah. Now, there was a ton of them last night, and yes, was. it was a little overwhelming. It was really hard to pick some, pick 10. I think I got 11 on here, but um, at Biggest Q's fan, now, that's it's arguable, but he says, <laughs> Barrett played like the number one pick in the draft, and O'Connell really gave Duke a lift in second option in the second half. Cuse had its opportunities, but it just was too much. It was just too much Duke at the end. So, yeah, Duke, they fed off of what they were doing to close that game out. They took advantage of pretty much almost every opportunity with Syracuse going down the court, being one and done. And, um, you know, who knows if, if, if Syracuse didn't turn a couple of those balls over and made a couple of those shots, I think that's the difference. You're looking, yeah, well, you're, you're I mean, looking I mean, at they it. did get some turnovers there. Yeah. Even that, that one, even after the 643 mark, we get it to, I think it was 65-60, and we steal the, we get a steal on in the inbounds. That, you know, you score yeah. right there. It's a one-possession game, but we messed it up. Yeah. So we just couldn't we just couldn't hit the shots. And, you know, Alex O'Connell and R.J. Barrett, they did. <laughs> it's really just what it comes down to. They hit the shots, and we didn't. Yeah. So, you know, you you gotta you gotta finish. You gotta close games out. I'm not telling you guys anything. You get this is the smartest audience in podcast. So uh, at, at Mr. Dodger, 1966, 
What, what is there to say? Golden opportunity to be locked into the big dance mist. Now they will likely get blown out by North Carolina. They actually seem to pl- they actually seem to place worse at play. I think he means play worse. They actually seem to play worse at home than on the road. Um, a, a blown opportunity, probably. D- be locked into the into into March Madness, probably. Uh, like they'll likely get blown out at North Carolina. I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows? This guy, he's kind of negative all the time. He's like Bubba, or you know, there's another one, but. I don't know, Joe. Well, yeah, you can you can agree with some of that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I you can argue that that still would have been the thought either way. North Carolina is one of the hottest teams in the country, and we just don't match up well usually traditionally against them. Uh, we have a tough time beating them, and so yeah, I mean that could be true. That could have been true if we beat Duke. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, Mike. Mike, if not now, when eighty four. Gave him a, gave him, gave him some grief back on that comment. <laughs> okay. Um, at LWO Sports N something I don't know dot dot dot. Uh, he says, fourteen and fifty three from your four star players isn't going to win you any games, and you can't argue with that comment. Nope. No. Uh, Percet, the biggest disappointment in my opinion, three for thirteen, uh, shooting three three pointers. Um, the Duke, <laughs> the, Duke, the Duke defense was good, but Brissett's got to keep trying to play his game. And I just gave him a compliment last last show, so I don't want to hear it from you. At Tony Q's forty four, <laughs> make shots and free throws. Played played our C game. Takes an A game to beat Duke. We played our A game last time. I give I I think Syracuse played. They played really really hard for about thirty four minutes, thirty five minutes. They did. I thought they played really, really good for, for a lot of that. They still hung with Duke, even though they were shooting like crap, for a good majority of the second half. And, yeah. they, and they were right there. They got themselves close again, and they blew it. So I'll give them, I'll give them a B, Tony. I think C's a little, that's being a little tough on them. Tony, too, by the way, at Tony Q's 44. Um, he, was entered to, he entered a, a competition to win some tickets. And he has a pretty uh, hilarious video. You can check that out on my Twitter, our Twitter timeline. It's pretty funny, I thought. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, at Nick Sweetland one, tough loss. The offense disappeared in those final four minutes. Uh, too many free throws missed. See, we're, we're seeing the trend. Still have a couple more opportunities to steal our ticket to the dance, or to seal our ticket to the dance. Yeah, and that's kind of my attitude. The the offense started to fade. The missed free throws, when you got to have them, it's like when the pressure is on, they just can't handle it. Like, they can't handle making free throws when the pressure's on. And, you know, yeah. we got, we do. We have opportunity against North Carolina. We got opportunities <laughs> against uh, Virginia. And you got to beat Wake Forest, and I think you got to beat Clemson. Right? I mean, what uh, the weird thing and good thing, I guess, I mean, it could be good, could be bad, but the thing about college basketball is that the bubble and the teams that make it, uh, it's kind of created by the rest of the teams. Uh, some years the bubble's deeper than others, and some years, you know, you have some, a lot of, uh, you know, just kind of middle-of-the-pack teams that don't really stick out, and you look at some of the conferences, and 
they don't usually have or don't have as many good teams and you have some mid-majors that kind of balance it out uh I think you see it starting to happen in a little bit more, but this year, especially, I mean, the bubble's so weak, man, like these teams, uh, that are even around the bubble or around us. I mean, they're losing probably games that they should be winning and games to go ahead and try to take the bull by the horns. Like everyone's talking about for our tournament lives, a bunch of teams around us. They're not doing it either. So the bubble's getting, I mean, we're losing, we've lost even since NC state, I mean, we've lost two out of the last three, and we still really haven't fallen from where we st- – actually, we've kind of went up. So yeah. I mean, the last time yeah. last time I checked the Bracket Matrix, uh, go to BracketMatrix.com, and they have basically all of the legitimate bracket sites or whichever sites that they follow. I don't know what their criteria is. And then they go and they take that average of all of those sites, and then they kind of show you where your team is. And I think the last time I checked – he still they had us in it's like an eight seed, I believe. So um and losing a game against Duke isn't gonna change that. So No, it's not. And we we sit guess where we sit in the net rank oh you might know. You know where we sit in the net rankings today? Uh not off the top of my head, no. Forty fourth. So uh huh? Coincidence? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yeah, bracket matrix as of two twenty three, they still have us as an eight seed. Yeah, not where we want to be, right? I mean, <laughs> according to your theory, which I agree <clears throat> with, since you brought it up. Well, uh, there's still a long. I'll way take to go, it. So. I know. I'll take it. But I'm just saying, it's a tough. That's a tough seed. Eight seed. Eight, oh yeah, nine. it's definitely a tough seed. But uh, you know, you eventually have to beat ones at some point. Sure, so absolutely. depending on what mentality you have. Yeah. Uh, that couldn't end up not and, being and that if, bad. So. Right, and of course, if we get a one seed that's maybe outside of our conference, I think we have a better yeah, shot and, there. You know and just, just to give you kind of like a a look at like these teams that we're looking at right now, like right now in with the eight seeds right now with us, talking Ole Miss or I'm sorry, Ole Miss, Baylor, Auburn, and then right now in the seven seeds they have Washington, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Iowa. I mean, these are I mean, those are the teams that are right up in front of us, and those those teams we're comparable to are not really, you know. So, you know, the bubble is still. I mean, according to this, Clemson's still a 12 seed. I mean, Clemson is in the tournament right now. So, yeah. if people are worried about us falling, you know, look at some team like Clemson. Right. Yeah. Um, Joe P on Facebook says terrible shooting second half. Three consecutive misses at the free throw line killed any momentum they had in coming back on to the next one. Yeah, on to the next one. I'm trying to think. There was something else, too, that that happened late. But there was – well, you mentioned one of the things I, wanted, I was going to mention already, which was that getting that steal off the inbounds pass and just laying an egg with it. I mean, you get, you know, good opportunities like that. And, yeah, you know, a tough game. Yeah. Look, it was the f- number one team in the nation. If it's not Duke, I'm not that upset. But because it was <sighs> because it was Duke, I was, like, pissed. I was so pissed. It took me a minute to calm down. And, you know, that's just how I get right. Duke. I mean, yeah. I hate I just, I hate I th- Well, they Duke. played a lot better than expected. I thought their defense was going to be a little bit better. Um, but I didn't know that they were going to shoot like that. I mean, O'Connell and, and Barrett. I mean, Barrett scored 30 points. He shot 14 of 20. Yeah, I mean, they crazy. were very, very <laughs> high, you know, high percentage. So 
uh, if they just miss a couple shots, yeah, you were right there, you know. And like we talk about, like what you know Joe was saying, the free throws. I mean, imagine looking at that score and having those extra two, three, four points that you could have easily had from the free throw line if you just shoot just an average percentage. Yeah, it's just it's so frustrating, and you have that, and it can change the outcome of a game. So. Yep. Um, Jermaine says, I'll leave this game alone. It's been a tough week. Good luck against North Carolina. Well, yeah, after this, after this segment, we're going to leave this game alone and just move on. And maybe, who knows, maybe we can get a rubber match in the ACC tournament on a neutral court. That would be fun. Not a neutral court with them having everybody. <laughs> I mean, what Everybody take, healthy. What, in, in the team, ACC so. tournament, I don't care. I'll take whoever. In the ACC oh, yeah. tournament. It does not matter well, to me. What you don't understand and what a lot of people don't understand is playing a team like Duke and coming close, it doesn't hurt us. I no. mean, there's sometimes what I don't when... understand. What? You said what you don't understand. I understand well, that. Uh, you get so about? upset about it, but you look at I like get upset the... on a personal level. I don't get upset on a large scale for Syracuse's um, – hopes of making it to the tournament not at all i understand um, that just, yeah I, it's, it's rare i mean when we when we lose to a team like duke or when we go to like north carolina it's a blip on the radar uh, yeah exactly i know i know that i think we all get that but we all hate duke we had a record crowd we wanted to see them o- overcome the adversity that they were facing coming into this game it was emotional for coach i mean he was wiping tears away at the beginning of the game and, you know, I'm just saying you want to see a win. Right. That's all. I think that's a lot of what it comes down to for us. Now, of course, we're going to move on. It was a good game. I, like I said, they played good for 34, 35 minutes. They played really good, I thought. I got to hand it to the guys. I don't – you know, we're hard on them about their shooting down the stretch. That's, what's, that's what lost the game in their free throws. That's what lost the game. But they played good. It's the number one team in the nation. Yeah. No, they played good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tuan is a Duke fan, and Tuan says y'all just trash and got lucky the first game. Tuan, keep it classy, buddy. Uh, it's tough. I'd like to think that even being a Duke fan with everything that's been going on, be a little bit more classier than that. But yeah, yeah, well, you would think so. But you get trash talking, trash talking, whatever. You get the take trolls. it with a grain of salt. Uh, Timothy says too many missed shots and free throws. Barrett and O'Connell made some huge shots. RJ got every bounce and roll off the rim. It was his night. Yeah, well, I yeah. mean, we didn't have anybody that really could contend with that level of talent, in my opinion. Just really, I mean, which it would have been the same thing either way, kind of. You know, the difference in the last game when Zion played was the other two guys out, plus Tyus was on fire. No, you you know that R.J. Barrett, if he shoots enough, especially outside jumpers, he's going to make them. And there were some plays where he looked, he made Chukwu look like overmatched, like he couldn't even touch him because he's just so quick and got around him. But there were definitely some shots where there was somebody there, guy in his face, hand up, and the bounces that he got were kind of like, it, it, again, 14 for 20. Most people don't usually, even great players don't usually shoot that percentage. So he shoots 50% and we win. I mean, that's just, and 50% is good. So, right, it's really good. And again, O'Connell shooting, shooting the way that he did. I mean, those two, they had nothing else. They had nothing for that defense. That's, that's how good our defense was. Nobody else had really anything else other than a couple, you know, over-the-top dump downs between, you know, Delore and Bolden. And I hate that they gave up so many offensive rebounds, especially late. But uh, overall, 
the only thing they had was O'Connell shooting threes and what R.J. Barrett was doing. And they had to shoot a crazy high percentage to, to make that happen. So, again, we didn't hit our shots, but... <laughs> I know. Well, here's here's a great point by at one Kev Nash. Well, a lot of missed free throws. We know that. We've talked about that. Did not hit 10 plus threes. We talked about that in the last episode. In every, they're six and zero when they hit ten plus threes. Now they hit five. If they had hit ten, they'd they they would have won. Yeah. They they would have won. So yeah, unfortunately, need two more wins. He says. Hashtag go Q's. Yeah, I yeah, that's it's tough because when you when you look at it, and we talked about it. Joe, you thought we needed one of these bigger wins, right? Was that is that still your contention? Or what you need? To- no, I, I, I said I thought we needed to win one out of the first three, and we did against Louisville. Okay, all right, okay. So, um, with North Carolina, Wake Forest, Virginia, and Clemson left, in your opinion, are we getting through with a win against Wake Forest and Clemson? And those are the two easiest, easier games. I'm just choosing them because of that. It's a fact. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Um, and that would give us the, the 11. And that's what I, we talked about at the beginning of the year, right? 10, 11, something like that would get us. Right. There. So after. Well, you, I you mean, know. And not, only, not only would it give us 11, Sean, but it would also put us at 7 and 3 on the road for the season, which is pretty good. Uh, the, the committee looks at stuff like that. So being 11 and, se- or 11 and 7 and. Uh, the ACC and seven and three on the road for the year. And, you know, there was some, like I said, we didn't make it a couple of years back because of not having wins on the road. It was a year with uh, Andrew White and uh, Gillen. That was their main thing. They said didn't win on the road. Well, right. you can't say that. You can't say that this year. Right. So, and we talked about, they've never made it into the tournament after starting non-conference play with four losses. So nine and four to start the, to start non or to start the year, and yeah. uh, you know it'd be the first time ever, and they have a shot to do it, but they got to they've got to finish strong. Got and to, they have a win; they have the best win you could possibly get. They do absolutely beating number one on the road. So, yep. uh, Steven says yes. We are disappointed in the loss, and there are more than a few things we didn't do good enough to win the game. But it's just a game. Great thanks, uh, great thanks to AD Wild Hack and the university for the class and the way they handled the tragedy in the last few days. If anyone saw Jim Beheim's press uh, press conference, kudos to him for how he handled his emotions and answered the questions about the last few days. Yes, we're not happy for losing the game, but we but we can be proud of how the university and Jim Beheim have handled themselves in the light of these sad events. Yeah, I mean, to cap it all off, it is just a game, and, you know, we'll move on to the next one, and I think that... Especially Jim Beheim, I think he did everything right. And he, uh, he did all he could do. And being that type of public figure in that community and having that go down, that's, uh, that's all he could do. So. Well, yeah. And it's great to see the support. Uh, you know, there was a story out before the game talking about some, something about the, the family of the, the guy wasn't happy that Beheim was coaching. You know, of course, yeah. you got to have people go and try to stir that up but right. i thought i thought overall um they showed they showed respect uh in a moment of silence and everything at the game um you know obviously the Bayhimes are visually emotional and just to be able to have everyone come out and support the whole situation um obviously there's not 
you know, there's not, there's only so much you can say. There's only so many times you can apologize. You know, how, how long do you sit out? How long do you stay out of work? You know, everyone kind of, you know, deals with certain things. There's certain own ways and, um, you know, not to downplay it or anything, but, you know, Jim Beheim grew up, his father, I, I believe, worked in a morgue. So there's some people that sometimes just grow up with certain things that, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to bother him because it doesn't bother him because he came out and he said it's going to follow him for the rest of his life because it's a different story. But everyone deals with stuff differently. And um, he thought he spoke, he should have done that. He went out and coached and, you know, the players are out there busting their tails. I thought Duke showed some respect. They were they were classy, even with the win. And, um, you know, the fans came out and, and supported them the best they could. So, yeah. And, you know, um, it's it's should be out of the public for the most part now as far as as far as the things surrounding the games. And it's between uh, Jim Beheim and with his family and the um, Jimenez family. And right. that should be it. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I think that they can they can figure out the rest behind closed quarters without having you know without without it being a media spectacle spectacle and shame on Syracuse.com for their initial headline too. I don't know if I mentioned that last time, but they they're a disgrace. I don't even I mean <laughs> I mean what a joke. But anyway, um, okay. So fan feedback. Thank you guys for participating. There was a ton. It was really hard to choose. Um, it was really hard to choose what I wanted to to do and but there was a there was a you know a kind of a thread with the, the same type of stuff so you know whoever said it best got chosen I guess a lot of it was right. the same stuff but um, you know uh, real quick fan feedback is brought to us by my bookie if you've never bet online and you are interested in betting online I would recommend my bookie always do your own research but if you have bet online you know what you're getting into go to my bookie uh, they have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all the fantasy guys out there, you can even bet over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join them now, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar by using the promo code QS25 when you activate that offer. Uh, visit my bookie today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code QS25 when you create your account. And claim up to a thousand dollars in free play. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, Joe. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, UNC will host Syracuse this Tuesday, February 26th at 9 p.m. Just a stellar start time. It should finish close to midnight. The Tar Heels, uh, they would win the first meeting in 1957 against the Orange, 67-58. The all-time series right now sits at 4-11 in favor of UNC. Uh, because of the last, uh, because of the seven-game losing streak that the Orange are on against North Carolina, um, <laughs> we have to look all the way back to January 11th, 2014, their first ACC meeting to see when the last time they beat UNC was. They actually held UNC's offense to 45 points, winning 57-45. to 45. The starting lineup that day, Ennis, Cooney, Christmas, Grant, and Fair. Last March, when we met them, uh, they, they took us out of the ACC tournament, actually. 78-59, to 59%, percent had 20 points and 10 rebounds. This year, North Carolina sits third in the ACC, 22-5 overall, 12-2 in ACC play. They are currently sixth in the net, and they might be probably, like Coach said in his presser, they might be one of the hottest teams in the conference right now. So I'll let Joe do give you all the player specifics, but as a team, they're pretty hot from the floor, like really hot. 47.4% 
37.6 from three and 74% from the line. So it's, um, yeah. And, and Cam Johnson, I mean, he's, uh, just a maniac. So, yeah, well, Cam Johnson's been killing us for years, even back from when he played in Pittsburgh. So, uh, he is a problem because he can shoot threes and he's about six, eight, six, seven. So, um, he's been playing really, really well from three. He's 47%. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and again, I think that's why North Carolina usually, usually they do pretty well against us because they usually have tall athletes who can shoot threes plus big men who can kind of dominate down low. Um, and usually a guard that can take care of the ball pretty well. And that's kind of what they have this year. Um, they're not as tall or big as they normally um, have been in the past with um, <clears throat> their centers. But, again, uh, you have three seniors with Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams, and Luke May. And uh, then their other starters, Garrison Brooks. He's a 6'9 sophomore. <clears throat> he's just been getting better as the season's gone. And uh, Kobe White, uh, their point guard, he um, – he kind of he's he's a little off and on as far as his um his shot, but yeah. I know that he's scored over thirty points a whole bunch of times, and he's definitely uh, one of the faster uh, players in the the country. And he's predicted to well, right now he's I think still predicted to get drafted in the first round next year in the NBA. It's like a one and done. So uh, their starting five is really really good, and they get some uh, they get some good stuff off the uh, the bench from Nas Little. Um, Brandon Robinson and other guards. So uh, they kind of are guard oriented, but again, they, with Cam with Cam Johnson being as tall as he is, um, they can kind of get away with it. So um, they're just very, very. Their starting five, top five, six are just very, very good, and that's kind of what they run at you. Um, and again, playing at, at North Carolina, and like you said, haven't beat them since the first time we played them. So uh, not really looking forward to this one. I mean, Not this gonna one's going to be, you. I know, this one's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tougher than the game we just played. And, you know, on a, you know, on a positive note, though, I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to be interested and in see what the spread is. But on a positive note, Syracuse has rebounded from bad games. They did it. They've done it all year, in fact. I mean, if you really think about the, pet, the you know, the Louisville game after the NC State embarrassment. And yeah. then the Duke game after the Georgia Tech embarrassment. And I know that, you know, one was road, one was home. And, you know, it's kind of a different story going into UNC. But not for anything, if history of the year is telling a tale, maybe they have a shot. <laughs> you know? I mean, again, I just think it comes down to the inconsistency of shooting. Well, it's exactly. like, I think we yeah. have a shot every game if right. we shoot good. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, 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 if that, off, right? Well, sometimes if our offense doesn't do well, enough then it trickles down into our defense and that's when you start getting the blowouts and that's kind of what our losses in the ACC have looked like up to this point so yeah you know, we obviously got to stay close and you know we got to hit our shots so we know that they're going to be able to to put up some points and just got to try to stick with them yeah um I don't think that I don't think that we've well it's not rocket science right well, yeah, but that's just what every game's been. I don't think that we've been overwhelmed or wowed by any team this year. I don't think it has anything to do with that. Uh, I think our guys are confident, and they don't think that there's too many teams out there better than them, if any. But it just comes out to going out and executing and making them. And when they go down, they go down. 
But again, I just think that there's some deficiencies on our team that some of these uh, really good. Pascal's had like one or two good games all year. Frank Howard's like one of the most, you know, he's either there or not. I think he got 11 minutes against Louisville. I think he played less than 20 against Duke. And Yeah, I mean, I'm not even saying like a great, great or good like offensive like big man, but just above average score offensive skill wise for a center last night, the way that they played defense on us would have should have got 25 points. 20 points. The amount of times that they could have just drove and just dished it off to to the center because yeah. they just were leaving Pascal wide open, and that's again. Oh, it's so terrible. He did get one. I mean, pass, he, get, he got a couple. Yeah, Alu. I mean, I know Brissett threw one up to Dolge, and uh, he got the one from Frank Howard. Uh, Chuku did yeah, for Chuku, the Alu. I mean, but so I didn't mention ugh. Chuku, but he did score eight points. So. He wasn't awful. No, he wasn't awful last night. He was just outmatched. The thing, the problem is, is that the now we're judged. Well, we're ju- yeah, and we're judging his performances basically by our expectations as a fan compared to like <laughs> his bad games. Right. You know, so yeah. now we're just looking for anything to kind of grasp onto to kind of justify him playing. Yeah. Or us wanting him. You know, I think yeah. everyone watching knows Dolce. We'd rather have Doge in there, but he, the size-wise, it's not small. always the best matchup. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he tends to get in foul trouble. He tends <laughs> to get in foul trouble because of his size, I think. He's trying to make up for his size by being more aggressive, which is what he's got to do if he wants to be effective. So Yeah. Well, um, they got to call the call the plays. Right. they got to call the fouls. That is true. Okay, well, that's it, Joe. Um, you got anything else? Yeah, I just wanted to hit up the. Um, oh yeah, hit up the quadrants real quick. Where are we? Yeah, re- at? the revamped quads. It's quads right after the, uh, tw- what, yesterday, the twenty third. So um, had a little bit of movement. Old Dominion by winning their game, they got up to uh, seventy five in the net rank. So that's actually fallen to a quad um, two loss. So uh, currently, right now, they got was quad four. We are four and zero. Quad three, we are six and one. With that one loss being Georgia Georgia. Tech at home, and Quad Two is five and three, and we are three and five in Quad One. So pretty solid resume right now. Yeah, uh, I I I like it. Um, I mean, we have one with like again Georgia Tech. They'd have to make a a nice little jump to um, to get to get down to a quad yeah, two loss. I, I just think that's just going to be the one blemish that we we can't. We're just going to have to live with this year. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, we talked about it, and again, uh, that's. I'm just so glad that we we turned around and and won that game at Duke to be able to try to to, to oh, turn that around. It, it so. washed and obviously, it out for sure. And it's hard to, especially if you're not a ranked team. Then most likely, you know, if you're not a ranked team in a Power Five conference, then you're. Your quad one record is probably not going to be above 500. So yeah. you got to be able to win some of those games. And again, right now uh, we're three and five, but we do have two more uh, quad one. Actually, excuse me, three more quad one uh, games ahead of us. So, but Wake Forest has really, really fallen. I mean, they fell to the net, I think, 192. 192, so, and that game is at Wake Forest, right? Yeah, so that would be a quadrant three loss, and it'd be worse than uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah, well, yeah, so, but they're all, they're all yeah, exactly. Um, so all right. going looking at it, that's the one. That's the one we definitely have to get. 
All right. Hey, be on the lookout. There's going to be an extra episode that's going to drop sometime this week, maybe Tuesday. I don't know, the day of the game. I don't know. I don't want to put it too close to us doing a, 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 re, a, a, you know, a post game and preview, but um, just be on the lookout for it, the history of Syracuse mascots. And uh, thank you to JP Mulligans. Go there every Monday through Friday, happy hour, four to six, and then in the in the bat specials during the SU games. Uh, thanks to Armchair All Americans, Tix Blitz, and my bookie, and all of you, as always. We really appreciate you on the socials and listening. And, um, you know, just awesome. I love when we interact with you guys in DMs or on Twitter. Yeah. It's just, it's cool, man. Met, no, it's, fun, it's fun going down and reading all the, you know. Yeah, and it's cool, you know, meeting people on social media that I've, like, that I've talked to that I don't even know. Like Mike, if not right. now when. I've never met, you've met Mike in person, but I haven't. And yeah. it's like, you know. It's cool meeting people like that, and they're all SU fans, all diehard right. SU fans. If you listen to this show, you're a diehard SU fan. No, no average SU fans listening to a Syracuse podcast. Yeah, most so, likely not. Um, so thank you all. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back after the UNC game. Keep the fingers crossed on that. Can Syracuse <laughs> bounce back? It would be huge. Let's stay positive. The the, it, it, the game at the very worst, if it's a loss, is not is not uh, the end of the world. So right. let's just uh, get, pump your brakes now <laughs> and, uh, you know, hope for the worst. Or hope, for the, hope for the best. Hope for, hope, the, for, worst. Hope for the worst. Oh, God. <laughs> You're that guy. No. Um, but, all right, that's it for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe.